This is The Good Stuff. Let's get to know those who are doing the good stuff in our community. We'll chat with everyone from small business owners to local officials. Join us as we go around town to find the hidden gems. This is your host, Andy Tomlinson. Welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast. Well, this is another edition of the Good Stuff Podcast. I'm here with uh, a special guest, Bobby Slattery from 50 West in Cincinnati and now Chillicothe. Uh, so I kind of want to introduce uh, Bobby and onto the show. Uh, we had some te- technical difficulties. Uh, I thought we were doing a Zoom meeting and he thought he was doing a live. And uh, so we're going to do live. <laughs> here. So, yeah, why not? And if you could see our um, setup right now, his microphone is uh, being held up by a... Uh, toilet paper roll. Who would have thought? It, Engineering. It, it, it looks Why fantastic. He, he texted me and said, I'll be here in five minutes. I'm thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get this working. Um, so, Bobby, I always start off with three questions uh, just to try to get the conversation going. Uh, what is your favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner spot? It doesn't have to be, you know, Chillicothe. It could be Cincinnati. I mean, I love Cincinnati. People that are listening go to Cincinnati, so... Whatever your favorite three is, and of course, Fifty West is one of them. Yeah, well, no, I, I, you know, for me, when I think about, geez, for first off, thank you for having me. Absolutely, I appreciate being here. Um, so, okay, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I will tell you, I'm going to go all over the country probably on these things. Cool. Uh, but I would say my favorite dinner spot would be RJ Grunts in Chicago. Never heard of it. You, I, yeah. If you ever go to Chicago, I'm going to write notes. That's all right. Yeah, there's, there's never. Um, there's a million good restaurants and everybody always laughs at me, but I spent a little bit of time up in Chicago um, and RJ Grunts, um, the, the restaurant group that put it together, that it's called Let Us Entertain You. They're one of the most successful restaurant groups in all of America. Wow. Uh, and that was their first restaurant. And it's a simple, it, they were one of the first salad bars to ever exist in America. Wow. So you go in there, it feels like it's from 1970s. Um, the... Uh, all around the wall, it's all of their old uh, waitresses that had worked over the years. So if you worked there for, I don't know what the time frame was, if you'd been there for over like four years or something, they would take your picture and put you on display. So you're sitting in there and you just see all these all these faces, all these people. It's super cool. Um, there, uh, if you go there, you got to get the buffalo chicken nachos. Uh, yeah. So my why why this why this place is important um, to me is my wife and I. That's really where we kind of connected was in Chicago. Um, so I had I was on and off with my wife for I don't know since I was 17 years old. I was in love with her. Wow. Uh, but we high school high school, oh. high school. Yeah, yeah. So I my wife uh, came to high school on there for, or came to my school probably. I think she got there in uh, fifth grade i remember seeing her and it took me until about my senior year to get her to like me wow and then we disconnected or whatever and we reconnected back in chicago and uh rj grunts was literally where we had all of our best dates we got in fights we laughed we cried we did the whole thing but anyways i think places um a lot a lot of what makes a place special is is sort of you know it it goes deeper than just the food that you're eating and, and the beers that you're drinking it's 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 a little bit more than that and so uh, RJ Grunts is, is would be my dinner spot, um, lunch spot. I'd have to go with Carl's Deli. Uh, that's a little deli in Cincinnati. Okay, uh, where's that? It's in High Park. Okay, it's been there for. I'm I'm a I'm nostalgic about places that have been. Restaurants are really hard business to be in. Yeah, it's it's incredibly difficult. So when um, what gets me excited is not necessarily going in and having one good meal. Um, what I get excited about is a place that has longevity, a place that you walk into and you're like, wow, they've been doing this for a long time consistently and making yeah. things happen. Because, you know, a lot of that, it's, it's, uh, it, it shows that there's, there's some magic behind what's happening there. And so Carl's Deli, you know, it's nothing, nothing over the top either. I usually go in there and either get an egg salad sandwich or I'm getting a, um, a croissant with, uh, you know, a, basically a club croissant. I think it's number 23 is the actual order there. <laughs> Uh, and then breakfast, man, breakfast is a tough one. Um, million good breakfast places in the world. But uh, you know, you don't always eat it. No, I'm on a weird, and I'm on a weird kick right now. Like I kind of stopped eating breakfast. Yeah. Uh, but I think I, if you're God, 
if I had to think, my favorite breakfast is probably coming from I got a I got a seven year old kid at home right now. Yeah. Um, he loves what we do with Fifty West. He, every day he comes in and tells me about his new ideas. So uh, he bought this little breakfast sandwich maker. I, I can't remember. It basically, like it's like a one stop. Imagine like a, you've seen the grilled cheese makers that yeah. do. Okay, they make breakfast sandwiches. So uh, he likes to experiment on his breakfast uh, sandwich maker and try all these different combinations and whatnot. So we did uh, last. It would have been two summers ago before COVID. Uh, he opened up his first business, which his name is George, but my name's Robert, and and his name technically is Robert. Sure. So he calls it Bert's Breakfast Stand. So we literally printed up a little sign for him, and he set it up. And That's uh, cool. yeah, he made like four hundred dollars, you know, selling these little breakfast what sandwiches. What did you do with it? We set it up. So where I live in Cincinnati, I don't live in like a neighborhood. I live yeah. off like a main road. Um, but my uh, one of my family members lives in a neighborhood. So we literally went and put a tent in there. Uh, cow. Yeah. He's starting to be like he, that. I think, yeah. I mean, I think like anybody, you kind of uh, with uh, – when it comes to your parents, there's things that you, that you love about them and you want to mimic. And there's yeah. probably things that you look at them and you say like – I want to do the exact opposite, right? Sure. Everybody okay. has those has those feelings. And so I think the entrepreneurial thing for him, um, he thinks it's neat. He loves talking about 50 West. He thinks yeah. it's it's you know, it's it's cool for him to be able to go to school and his friends have experienced sure. uh, you know, this place that we created. Um, so yeah, I would say right now my favorite breakfast is probably coming out of his little breakfast. Do you menu. think you could uh, put that on the menu at? Uh, oh, do do yeah. I don't. You know, you Sunday I, brunches, right? I, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, Zach's driving that for us right now. Yeah. Um, our general manager, who's just fantastic. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if you want to do. Oh, who Zach Taylor? Zach Taylor. Okay. Like the Bengals coach. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, they. Um, but yeah, so uh, but no, I would not put that on the menu because George has a lot of work to do on his breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> and also, full disclosure, when we ran the breakfast stand, there was a lot of service issues that we could have done better. Uh, so it's uh, but yeah, that's great. That's I would say those are my three on that front. Uh, early riser or uh, night owl or both depends on the day, probably. Pro- uh, probably depends on like the period of my life. Yeah. Okay. Lots of different phases. Yeah, like stages. Like I'll, I'll, right now, I'm on the night. Yeah. Night train. So like I'm uh, I'm on that. There's been a, a period in my life where I was on the early riser yeah. um, front. I, I like to um, I like to work out. Like I like uh, for me, I think my life is most in check. Like when I have consistent exercise happening. Sure. And so usually what dictates whether I'm early riser or early or late probably dictates with what I'm doing um, from an exercise standpoint. So uh, there's times where I've been like the five. I'll tell you this. When you're the early riser, when you're the 5 a.m. person, and I used to work out there, I, I think that they those people that do that tend to be, I don't know if you want to say like the more successful, but they're the more like put together people. Yeah. The the uh, midnight worker outers are like, that's like some, there's some weird stuff going on there. <laughs> True. Uh, one, so in Cincinnati, there's a, um, a place called Anytime Fitness. You guys have one here. Yeah. I, actually, so funny story, Anytime Fitness, the way that their structure works, like wherever you hit your knob in the most yeah that's that's who collects like the money so the guy i was close with the guy in cincinnati in the gym and he came to me and was like hey we lost your membership because you keep clocking in over at the one over in chillicothe now they're getting my money out of the cincinnati <laughs> one but anyways with that place um when i was on the late front Grater's ice cream. I don't know if, how familiar I was. Yeah, okay. All right. So Mrs. Grater, there was this lady that would be working out middle of the night. I mean, this lady was probably like, I don't know, she was 75, 80 years old. And I, would, I had no idea who she was. And she would walk there. She would walk over to the Anytime Fitness, which was probably, I would say, I don't know, about a mile walk from her house. But she's walking sure. in the wintertime. You know, I'm like, what is what is going on with this? I found out later it was it was me and Mrs. Grater working out at the Anytime Fitness in, in Maryland. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But yeah, so, but the nighttime people are weirder than the, uh, the early time people. Early time people are usually like your... Uh, I always like to joke. Um, they're they're like your CEOs and executives, and you know you'd be running on the treadmill, and I'd always look. O- I'd look over. I'm like envisioning in my head as I'm doing this that like that person's gonna look over and say like, "Wow, that that kid's really got it together there." Like maybe I want him to come on as the new vice president of Christ Hospital, right? Like yeah. it's never gonna happen, but like I think that's what I love about uh, with exercise. I think it also helps you keep keep things in check in your life. Is um, it just gets your brain it, like gets your heart pumping and gets uh, gets creative juices working in your mind. Whether they're real or not, you know. <laughs> Meredith makes me exercise, or well, tells me that it's time for you to get up. Yeah. Thank goodness she does, because I don't know what I'd be. It'd probably be five hundred pounds. But. 
It, it, I think it's just all that matters when it comes to exercise. It's not even, I think it's, there's just a good thing about getting your heart rate up, yeah. right? So it doesn't matter whether you're running 27 miles or you're lifting weights or doing this. It's just like, if you can one time a day, get your heart rate up, it gets the juices in your brains flowing. It makes you feel good about yourself. Sure. There's all these benefits that come from it. There is. And uh, if you, you know, when you're done with the workout, you usually like get your, you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. But you get your day going and take it. I got to do this, this, and this. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, I don't, I'm a big proponent of it. I, I always encourage everyone, you know, to, to, if you have the opportunity, because, because most people will, will kind of almost just be like, Oh, I don't do that. Or I think the biggest thing is it's intimidating of where to start for a workout, right? Sure. Like how do you know, you don't want to go in there and be the person you, you feel intimidated by people. You think that all gyms are going to be like, everybody's you know, bodybuilders or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, it's really just like, Hey, just get your heart rate up, whether that's just walking or running, walking, or you're running a marathon, whatever, like you get your heart rate up. And I think good things in your life start happening. Yeah. We, we, we got the uh, Peloton this year. So. Yeah. Not the treadmill. Would you, no, we didn't they just recalled it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's been good. Uh, I didn't think I was a biker, but I, I kind of like it. Do you have a road bike yet? No. Road bikes are amazing. Uh, I'm sure, but I, just don't have the time and I just, I actually have it in my office. So, uh, we were going to have it in our house and decided, you know, the three kids are just going to come in and bother us the whole time. So we just have it here at the office, you know, so we have our quiet time. Uh, there's a great like uh, meme online about Pelotons. So if you ever look at Peloton ads, they, they put the Peloton always in like, it's like the fanciest room in yeah. New York City and it's like overlooking and they're like, and they put their Peloton and then someone's like, that's not where people put their Pelotons. Like they're normally in your basement or- It's my basement with zero windows. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's Actually, uh, I usually run a bike without lights on and just have a screen. It's great, it's perfect. About six in the morning. They, uh, I've got, I don't do Peloton. I have some friends that do it. They love it. They yeah. say, they say it's, you know. Well, during COVID, it was great. Yeah. Now, okay. So you, you, you pay for the bike though, and then you got to pay the monthly fee. Yes. But the instructors are really good, right? Yeah. And you have levels of like, it's measuring you against other people and things yeah. like that. And, uh, so today I thought it was my buddy. So you could see like your friends, uh -huh. you're following. Yeah. Uh, so this morning I thought it was, uh, Steve Hatmaker. Unfortunately it was his wife. Oh. <laughs> and so after the, I got done, I was like, thanks for the push, you know, you know, kill this time and this output or whatever. And he was like, uh, that was Casey. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> you're, you're still getting, getting your exercise in, but yeah, the other one that's neat. So have you seen the mirror? Yeah. Okay. So I, I actually think that that one is like, uh, I'm really intrigued by it. I think it has really good potential. Um, I like the idea of being able to like see yourself doing the movements or whatnot. And I think that in the next, like, I'll be very curious in the next like five years where that, where the mirror goes. Cause sure. I, I think it's sort of been underutilized so far. Peloton sort of gotten the spotlight of. Well, but Peloton has it too. I mean, they, they also have classes, strength classes and things, just not just bike. So yeah, it's kind of nice. But you can't see yourself while you're doing it though, yeah, right? I don't want to see myself. I, that's, I love seeing myself. See, I'm not into that. You know? I, that's why I'm on a podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a voice and face for uh, radio. <laughs> that's a, you, you told me that yeah. going in here. They, um, they, uh, I think, so one of the things with fitness, like, I don't, I'd love to be able to see myself exercise because it's like small improvements for me sure. go a really long way. I, I'm like, I, I think I'm like mentally distorted in some way where it'll be like, I think I look really good even when I'm not looking really good. <laughs> but it's just like, I'm able to, uh, to look at small gains as like a, oh wow, that's awesome. You look so much better than you looked, you know, a week ago. And sure. like in, in like reality, it's not a, I didn't. I don't look, I'm not looking like exponentially. I, I'm not looking where I want to be, but I love the the ability to transform and just do better with yourself. So sure. anyways, yeah. Uh, so last question yes. on, you know, just the uh, breaking the ice questions. Uh, what book are you reading uh, now or what book do you want to share with us? I mean, I'm reading all. Uh, or Audible, like I do. No. So my, I, you know what? I'm so, the way my life has been adapted as, as technologies come on, I've really just fallen off books. Uh, my wife's a huge reader. She reads all the time. And I would say like, I read a ton. I just don't read books. Right. Um, I had a weird thing about like, I was strictly a nonfiction reader. Like I, I'm still the same way. Like I just don't want to read a fictional. I'm one of those people that's like, I'd rather just watch a movie. Right. And then my wife's like, you, you, that's so ridiculous to say that. Um, I would say, uh, 
like the books I'm reading right now are literally like Dr. Seuss, like, oh, the places you go. I absolutely love that book. I don't, have you read that book? No. Okay. By Dr. Seuss. It's, yeah. oh, the places you go. It's, a, I mean, when you read that book to your kid and you look at, if I look back on my life and how I've gotten to wherever I'm at right now, sure. it just, it's one of those things that's relevant for all people. It, it's just the story of like, look, you're going to have this life and all these things are going to happen to you. There's going to be good things. There's going to be bad things. There's going to be crazy things. But at the end of it, like, you know, you're going to get where you're supposed to be, yeah. wherever that is. And uh, that's the gist of that book. It's probably 18 pages long. It's not a long read. Perfect. You don't have to be a, a big reader. Um, but I love it. And and uh, my cousin, he was in a weird spot in his life. He had opened up a business and then, you know, he got bought out by his partner and he wasn't sure, sure what he was doing. And I sent him that book. It's just sort of like, hey, I, I, you know, you always want to give these big recommendations. But it's a very simple book that sends a really big message. Uh-huh. Um, my mom was also a uh, – so my mom was a family therapist. So she's always like evaluating your left side and your right side of your brain and the way you're thinking. Um, and there's a fantastic book if you want to get like technical um, called Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of that book before. It's big within the uh, – like I don't know, whatever the – clinical world is that my mom, that crazy world. But um, it's a story about a guy uh, in a concentration camp or going through the, it's a, it's a true story going through the concentration camp and essentially um, how he was able to shape his mind to make the best out of an awful situation. But I I mean, I, I, it makes me, I'm a firm believer that like happiness is a choice, right? Like it's your decision to be happy. Um, And that, and that book is about, uh, is really about that. Like, look, no matter how bad things are, somebody's always going to have it worse than you. Uh, Somebody's always going to have it better than you. And it's, it's your decision um, whether you want to be happy or not. And look for the good stuff. Exactly. Exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that that's, that's what's important. Um, And I think that book, that book, if you want to read something that's longer than 17 pages, that's a book that I've read that I think is is, is pretty uh, great. Yeah. Um, so tell me about yourself. Uh, when did you start 50 West? Uh, you're from Cincinnati. Yeah. But you're from who I am, what right. I did. So uh, 50 West is the most like, it makes so much sense how I got there. Um, but it is if you were to say, here's a career track of, to yeah. follow, it's, it, it's, it's the, Oh, you place, Oh, the places you'll go like by Dr. Seuss. It, um, I'm from Cincinnati. I grew up there. Uh, went to college at OU. So you're familiar with Chillicothe. I, I knew. So here's how I knew Chillicothe. When I was in school in Athens, if you needed to get something that Athens wasn't big enough to provide, you came to Chillicothe. So like you had Columbus was like, if you needed to go to like a giant mall or something, but like if I needed to get my, I think at the time I had like a, a sprint cell phone yeah. and there was no, like Sprints. you go to Chillicothe. Yeah. And so I, that's how I, that's how I was initially like familiarized right. with this town. So, um, went to town or went to school in Athens and then, um, my wife, getting back to my wife, yeah. obsessed with her my whole life. So we kind of dated on and off through college. Um, and when I, I kind of got myself into a funk by the end of college, I was like at a point where it was like, what am I going to do with my life? I'd fallen like way out of shape. I was just like, I wasn't focused on the right things. And so I decided like, well, I just need to get to a place where my wife is. And you know, my wife went to school in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Okay. So James Madison. All right. Um, so we were kind of broken up and we decided like, you know what, we're going to move, we'll move to Chicago together and and see how, how this will work. Um, and so at that point in my life, I was either going to flunk out of college or graduate from college. Sure. Okay. So I, I took like a year's worth of classes in one summer and that I decided that I was going to graduate from college, move to Chicago and run the Chicago marathon, keeping in mind that I had, I'd never ran more than a mile in my life, but I just, I was like, look, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do get there or whatever. Um, and so that summer I just started like I started by running like half a mile and then I built it to a mile. And while I was doing this, I was taking classes and whatnot. And I ended up, I graduated from college. I moved to Chicago. I got a job and I ran a marathon. <laughs> and you married your wife. Not then. No. So that, so it, it, you, that's how it's supposed to happen. Right? right. I'm supposed to go to Chicago and everything was supposed to be great. So it ends up, my wife gets a job in Washington, DC. So in the midst of me training for this marathon and doing all these things, she's like, I just got a job in Washington, DC. I'm moving to DC. And I was like, Oh my, well, my goal was to run a marathon, to get a job in Chicago 
and gra- graduate college, run a marathon and get a job in Chicago. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? And this, I think it really shows my, my immaturity at the time, but I had a friend of mine and we had agreed to go in on a place in, sure. in Chicago. And so I called him and I'm like, hey, Nick, you know, I love you. You know, we're buddies, but Becca's going to DC. So I think I'm going to DC. And he goes, no, uh, you said, you were, we said we were going on a place together. So, so you can't back out. Huh. And I said, and I said, Okay. <laughs> so then that was, so, so I end up, I moved to Chicago and uh, I did all those things. So now my wife's not there, right? Like yeah. the whole, the whole vision was to get with my wife. But at the same time, everything that I was doing, my, my, uh, what my, my want to, to self-improve myself, to do all these things, it was all in a, a like a, a way to like basically make myself more attracted to my wife, my, my sure. now wife at the time she was like my kind of girlfriend, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. So, um, now I'm sitting over, now I'm in Chicago and I feel good about myself, right? I've like done all these great things. Um, and I still have that void. She's not there. But um, when I went there, I wanted to, I wanted to, have you ever heard of the Wienermobile? Yeah. Okay. So I, somebody just told me like, you should go to, there's this thing called the Wienermobile. You'd be perfect for it. You should do it. So I'm, I go there and I'm looking to find how, how I get this job in the Wienermobile, which is basically you're driving around in a hot dog all over the country. So there's this company called Marketing Works out of Chicago, and yeah. they, I believe that they do the Wienermobile. Come to find out, they don't do the Wienermobile. But so I interview for these positions, uh, <laughs> thinking like, okay, well, this is the one that, that yeah. they, and I find out through the interview process, like, oh, like you guys don't, you do the Hershey Kiss Mobile and you do the PlayStation thing, but you don't actually do the Wienermobile. So um, I'm living in Chicago at the time. I got a job uh, doing sales for CareerBuilder.com okay. at the time, which was just, you know, it's. Phone sales, pick yeah. up the phone, dial 200 times a day. One of the greatest experiences in my life. Now, when you're picking up, when you're doing that job, um, it's miserable. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd get up at 4.45 in the morning, I'd get on a train in Chicago, I would take it out to the suburbs, I'd dial all day and come back. Cold calling, call, but it, it's a really great skill set to yes. learn. It's something that, um, you know, and people that can get really good at it, they, they, you can have a very successful career. You just have to understand that it's one of those jobs that like you put in the groundwork and you put that in there and it eventually helps you build, you know, you build, eventually your cold calls will become less because people start calling you back and right. stuff like that. Um, but it taught me, it, you know, it taught me a valuable lesson. So I'm out there doing the cold call thing. And then I get a phone call from the marketing works company and they say, Hey, we've got this job. And I'm literally, I'm like call number, whatever, 170. They're like, we have this job, you know, we want to give you a, a, a Hummer and you're going to go to concerts and sporting events all over the country and promote, you know, Verizon wireless phones. And I'm, I'm like 20, 24 or whatever at the time. Oh, well, I'm sitting there like, well, I'm making 100, 200 calls a day. Like, this is miserable. (laughs) You're telling me that you're going to give me a Hummer. This is when Hummers were like, cool. Right. Uh, and so they, I, so I'm like, yeah. So I go interview for it. I'm like, I got to get this job. So I got the job and, um, they paired me up with this girl. She was an arena football cheerleader is who it is. So here I am 24 years old. I've got this beautiful girl that we're going to be traveling the country together in a Hummer, uh, going to Super Bowl, all these amazing things. Um, did you do any selfies and send them to your girl? Selfies didn't barely existed. Okay. I was going to say, try to get selfies it. didn't exist at the time because um, Facebook didn't exist. Yeah, uh, MySpace did. MySpace did, <laughs> and and Sarah, the girl I traveled with, introduced me to MySpace. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Um. So they introduced. I never had a MySpace page. I never did it. But like, I started to kind of learn about that stuff while I was there. But they um. So the phone thing at the time, like ringback tones, yeah. were that was like that we we were like there to like introduce the world to ring back tones. That was like part of our job. Um, and so we were on like really the, the early stages before the iPhone. This is like the razor. And, and so they would, yeah, so they would give us every week. We just get like new phones to play with whatever. And we travel the country. Um, and it was, it was amazing. I lived in a hotel um, and my arena football, this girl that I'm traveling with, what it really taught me, she was so smart. She's a, she's a lawyer right now in, um, in California. And uh what it taught me was the two of us had to live together for a year, a guy and a girl um, that didn't know each other, had no, you know, we're not in a relationship or anything like that. But um, as a lot of people know from marriage, like that, it was basically like being married to somebody that you were just 
partnered with because right. we would go city to city and at times it was just the two of us, you know, like Did you share hotel rooms? No, 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 no. They they got they were good about that part. But it was just like we're in these spaces and the only people we knew were each other. Yeah. And and we were driving everyone. This is before you could get on your phone and do a map. Like we're literally, you know, <laughs> the old school. old maps driving around and we're going all over the place. And we were on tour with, you know, Green Day and we we uh we went to the Super Bowl and the NBA finals, all these amazing things. Sure. Um at the same time there were days where we were literally like it was us first you know the flippy guys that they put yes. <laughs> there were days where we'd be standing in a parking lot outside of Verizon store and like across the street would be the sprint and they had the flippy guy and we'd be like honestly I think the flippy guy's doing a better job than we are right now <laughs> but that's probably what got you into you know being hospitable and, and it well it, what what that did for me at that stage in my life I'm a Cincinnati kid I'm yeah. from Ohio okay the reason I left Cincinnati for Chicago was Chicago had more to offer me at that time okay yeah. but I didn't know I didn't really have a good sense of where I stood in the world, but after I, I traveled the whole country and saw pretty much everything. I've seen everything except for Boston. For some reason, I'd never like seen Boston, Boston's but a cool town. I know. And it's like, I know I love Chicago. I know that it has a similar yeah. mindset where it's like, it's cold and, and people are into sports and, um, but yeah, so so it gave me my self-confidence coming out of that was awesome. And also Sarah really helped me because from a from a um, accountability standpoint, that girl held me. I mean, she was when you when you're with somebody every single day, you I'm gonna be here this time, this time. That was it. She just she just taught me a lot about accountability um, and being true to myself and understanding what it meant to to have to be accountable to another person and understanding that people are different. Everybody out there is different and we all have wants and needs and whatnot. So I think what that really ended up doing was helping me prepare for marriage. Um, after I so I, after I got off that program, I then managed it in-house. So so I left Chicago, then I came back to Chicago to manage that program. And I was managing these teams. Our Verizon program that started with, I think there were like six vehicles when Sarah and I were there. So there were six teams. It became like 50 teams around the country. Whoa. So we started managing these programs. Um, so I would be managing these two people that we put in a car. And it was the same story every time. I get along with everybody, but just not this person, right? It, like that was that was it. And like, I remember being there with Sarah and we'd get in these fights and it was like, oh my God, I get along with everybody, just not her. And it's like, no, the truth is, is like, I'll use marriage. I mean, we weren't married, but that's a, it's a really challenging thing. Yeah. Um, and so having to, then, then it became trying to coach people through like, hey, you really need to think about that other person. I know you get along with everybody except for this one person, but being with someone that for that much time is, is a difficult thing. So I got back to Chicago at that point. Um, my wife then ended up moving from DC to Chicago. And that's when we were going to RJ Grunts and, awesome. and, and we start and we really reconnected to that point. Um, and it was one of those things where it was, a um, you know, we went from like this, fairy tale high school relationship that we thought was going to be, um, you know, Oh, we just dated and there was no bumps along the way to this, like, Oh my God, we were all over the place. And it really was for the best. It allowed us to really kind of work through, um, and get us to a point when we, when we really felt, you know, we had, we had gone our separate ways. We'd come back together and, and it's led to an amazing marriage from there. And that's real life. It's re it is. There's no this idea of you just go to high school and you fall in love and everything's perfect and whatnot. I mean, that's a really challenging thing. It's yeah. also like, I mean, I think there was a point in my life where that was a story that I liked, right? Yeah. Like I was trying, I wanted that story more than I even probably liked the relationship. So when we got into the real life part of it, where it was like, you know, you did this wrong and I did this wrong, and then we were able to come back and kind of say like, hey, let's just connect on a personal level. It, it, it was it was really great. So so that so we're in Chicago running running marketing programs. My, uh, at that point we got to get my wife and I get engaged. Um, and my dad in Chicago, in Chicago. Okay. so we get engaged. I, I did this big proposal that, uh, it used to be up on YouTube. They took it down, but they, um, yeah, anyways, sorry, I'm digressing Don't. there, but they, it, it was, I, uh, so we end up, we get engaged. And so I call my dad and I'm just like, look, I don't, I don't think we're going to raise a family in Chicago. I think I want to come back to Cincinnati. Um, so in the next like five years or so, like we'll probably, we'll probably look at kids in the next five years. If you see any opportunities, just, just keep me posted. So he calls me up and it's like, yeah, I need you to move back. Like, uh, like next week. And I'm like, no, like that, that wasn't what I was saying. I, I, I like, I need like next five years. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I need you to come back here. He's like, uh, I own this piece of land that has a restaurant on it. The restaurant, uh, the, uh, the guy opened up another restaurant. It's not going well. And now I have this restaurant that I can't operate and I want you to come back and figure it out. What restaurant was that? It was called Slats Pub. 
It used to be, it used to be the guy's name. It was Baxter's at the time. Then the guy left and, and Bob rebranded it as Slats Pub. So they're just operating it. Um, and that was where 50 West is now? No, okay. no, no, no. It was in Blue Ash. Right. Uh, still there. Right. Uh, really great story. Still, uh, called, Flat Slats. still called Slats Pub. Yeah. They, um, so we, uh, I, I don't know anything about restaurants. I'd worked at, in coffee shops growing up. Um, I worked with the people that owned a coffee shop, owned a restaurant, and they had me wash dishes for them in the back. And my dad's like, just come back here. You'll figure it out. Um, so I go to my wife and I'm like, oh, I've got this amazing opportunity. We're going to go back and we're going to open this restaurant or whatever. And my wife's like, no, like that's, that's not what I want to do. Like I, we were supposed to stay in Chicago for, yeah. until we want to have kids. So she, uh, she agreed to, once we got married, she would move back. So for the first nine months of our engagement, we were engaged for about a year. Um, I was, I would work all week and then at midnight, we'd close the restaurant down at midnight on Saturday. I would, I would get a ride downtown and then I would take the mega bus uh, over toward to Chicago, spend uh, Sunday and Monday with my wife and then bus back into, into slats. And no, no, no. There was a thing called the mega bus. Okay. Okay. So, and the mega bus was amazing. Uh, I think it still exists. You could get tickets to Chicago for $1 out of Cincinnati if you were the first to book. But I knew that I was going every single Sunday. So I got all my tickets for a dollar. So the premise on it was, um, and what made it really unique was at that time, the only way to book was online and online was like, not, it was new. It was new, right? Like you usually just went to the Greyhound station and you gave them money. So it, it kind of like was a eliminating, I've written, written, one time I went to see my wife, I took a Greyhound from Athens, Ohio to Harrisonburg, Virginia, which basically meant I took a Greyhound bus up and down West Virginia, 17 hour ride. Um, Greyhounds can get pretty rough. Yes. And and uh, and so the Megabus was a little bit more refined okay. because you had to book online. Uh, and so I did that for nine months and then um, my wife ended up moving back. And so while I was at Slats, um, my there was a the manager that we had on, uh, her name was Wai Chun Yi. She had ran like all these Chinese restaurants over the years. And it was almost like, I mean, it was like the karate kid. Yeah. It was like this lady that had this wealth of wisdom that had gone from like the top to the bottom. Sure. And she would just coach me on. Black song. Exactly. Like I would be like, oh, we should do this. Blah, 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 blah. I saw this in Chicago. We do this. And, and she would let me fail and she'd let me make my mistakes. And she would always give me these little like chirps of wisdom. Um, and so she really helped me learn how to operate a restaurant, um, which operating a restaurant is, it's a very challenging thing. Uh, it's a very, it's. The, everyone, if you're in it, you understand it. If you're not in it, it's it's a different. I've been in it. And I understand. You get it. So, um, so she helped me along that way. So, here we are. We've got Slats Pub, and we're operating it. And um, I'd always wanted to kind of do my own thing. And when I was traveling all over the country, so Sarah went to school in Western Michigan, which is in Kalamazoo, um, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Sarah's the Sarah's the girl I traveled around the country with. Cheerleader. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. She's a lawyer now. Right. Yeah, she would hate it if you described her as a chick. Actually, she's she would love it. She would love it. She was more. She was a dancer. Yeah. Um, but they. Uh, so she was from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and that's the home of Bell's. So when we went to Kalamazoo, okay, Bell's Brewing. Bell's Brewing. Yeah. Phenomenal. One of the. Craft beer is a lot like music, I always say. Yeah. Um, so like Bell's is like, the, they're like in the Rolling Stones category, yeah. right? They've like done the test of time. Yeah. They've earned their credibility. Um, so they, uh, when we went up there, they had Oberon. Like when Oberon got released, that was one of their beers. It was like a big day for the community. Like it was, all the kegs were, they got tapped at midnight. Like the minute they could be tapped, the uh, Bell's would tell them you could not tap it till this specific day and everybody would wait until midnight and then they would tap the kegs and make a big deal out of it. Well, also when we were traveling the country, I could see all these breweries popping up. Um, and especially on the West coast. And so we kind of looked and, and we, there was this old building in Cincinnati that had a ton of character. And so we took that old building. I partnered up with a couple guys. Um, and we decided we were going to open up brewery in Cincinnati because we felt like this is what Cincinnati needed. Uh, there's a great saying by Mark Twain, um, that he wants to die in Cincinnati because they're always 10 years behind everybody else. Right. But so, uh, so that was, uh, so we're like, Hey, we'll do this. So, um, we started drawing up the plans to open this little brewery called 50 West, which the name came from the road that we were on that sure. went all the way across the country. Um, and, and called Wooster Pike there. Too. It's called Wooster Pike. Yeah. 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 Every, nobody in Cincinnati knows what 50 West yeah. is. I don't know if anybody, I, uh, it, it's, 
Route 50 is sometimes people get it, sometimes they don't. But they, uh, so yeah, so we opened that up in 2012 and it was a smashing success. Yeah. Uh, people were flying through the doors. We completely underestimated the volume of beer that we were going to need. Um, and we made every mistake you could possibly make, sure. uh, which, which is actually pretty typical for breweries. If anybody out there is interested or, or, or yeah, or yeah, the brewery's a little bit difficult. I think one of the hard parts with brewing is, um, it's not peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. So with a, like it takes two weeks to make a beer. So a lot of people that open breweries tend to underestimate the volume of beer they're actually going to need. Were you brewing it or did you have a brewmaster? So my partners were on the brewing side. Okay. So I said, look, I'll put together the operational piece of this from the restaurant yeah. and whatnot. And so um, they, one of the partners was, he was he was a brewer. And so he was brewing. Um, the other partner was on the engineering side. So he helped us put all that together. And then we just, we just rolled with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. It, yeah. So they opened 2012 and then, um, you know. We went from and then there. we're here in 2021, and you had the bright idea of, of expanding to Chilakathi. Thank you. Every, everybody always asks, like, what? Try Chilakathi. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, so we went through the full cycle in Cincinnati. Um, and uh, I think where Chilakathi came into mind was like, hey, we'd always had this vision of like, hey, how could we grow this? Maybe look at the road as an opportunity. And we saw this town that had, at the time, there was no brewery here. Yeah. There was 20,000 people. Um, it was on 50. And so we just got, we, we called up the, uh, what's it called? Chamber. The chamber. And we just said, Hey, we're looking at this thing. What do you think? I said, Hey, come on out. Uh, and so we drove and that's when we met. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and we looked at it and we're like, wow, this town is like, this has all of the things this, we could see the downtown and we could see, um, you know, you saw our kitchen there. You saw some early signs of like, you guys want to see something happen down here. And that was something in Cincinnati that we didn't have the opportunity to be a part of because we were kind of out in the burbs. Yeah. But we watched it happen in Cincinnati. And I was like, wow, that's about to happen in this town. This downtown is going to be something in the next, you know, I don't know when, but it's going to be something soon. Um, and we want, and, and so it became like, all right, if we could be a part of that and help make that happen, that's that would re really be making an impact, right? Yeah. That's different than just opening up a restaurant. That's that's making an impact on a community that's helping grow something that's important to people. And the more people we talk to, everyone would say like, oh yeah, our downtown, it's it's on the up and up. We wanna be, sure. we wanna be more, see more of that. Um, and so we love that. And then the more we looked into it, it was like, I think, you know, us coming here, the biggest appeal was the opportunity for this town and what we could potentially mean to that. Yeah. Um, I think when you look back at your life, like you want to make sure that you, you made an impact. Right. And I think that we saw an opportunity to make an impact to the community. Um, and so this whole process of, of opening up this space um, and, and, and being able to employ people and just seeing, I think one of the most fun parts for me was those early stages of training. I don't think I fully grasped, um, how appreciative like the people that were coming to work for us were sure. of what was here. And the same thing with the people, the customers that were coming in the door. I never, I was terrified of like, um, you know, having like a, a I use like a grandmother as an example, they were going to walk in and it was going to be so different and they were going to be disappointed in this, that. And, and it wasn't that what they would say to us is like, uh, I had several like older women, like grab my hand and say, thank you. Like, we need this. Yeah. Uh, and so that it, it's, it's been so neat to see that. And I think, you know, our goal is to continue to try to make that impact. Um, COVID has been a challenge. You have to, yes. you have to pivot. Uh, and I yeah. think that that's, that's one of the, um, one of the things I think we're looking at over the next, you know, call it over the next years. How do we, you know, the governor just announced yesterday that June 2nd, no masks, no masks, which yeah. that's a big deal. Um, and I actually think it's not just no masks. I think he said there's no longer limitations. And he's given out millions of dollars. Did you see that? I, I didn't. Uh, someone's told me. I, I haven't read it. I heard you can win a million bucks. Yeah. If you had back, if you got vaccinated, you get a million bucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> so um, so I think, you know, that's our our test right now is going to be, you know, with COVID, it it it, it just created all these unique challenges that uh, you weren't expecting. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I went through COVID with you. Yes. Uh, yes. So uh, I remember... The day that like DeWine was canceling everything. And yes. I, I remember I went over to you guys and I'm like, what do you guys think? I'm like, this is going to get bad. Yes. And uh, your uh, Max. Max, he's like, no, it won't be a week. I'm like, no, I think it's going to be really bad. He's like, no, no, no. Like, eh. Then like the next time I saw him, he's like, you're right. 
It was really bad. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was crazy, and it it it, it curved our uh, construction too. It was. <laughs> I, I I so the world still. I think that we're we're still like I'm dealing with this right now. We have a sign that I ordered in October. Right. For- I still can't get like literally. It's still not here, and and you're seeing like. I'm driving up here and you're dealing with gas. Um, there's little things that are weird. We're starting to deal with some weird food things going on. Um, but I, COVID was the best thing that ever happened in my life. Sure. When I look, when I really look back on it. Um, the hardest things are usually the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's, it, it caused us to have to really make, look at our business in a really difficult way that we hadn't before. Can, can you share that story? Uh, when you opened up and, uh, since you, when, yeah, we, when we got our, okay, bar, so the, I'll, I'll give it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, um, we, when COVID hit at first, I just like shut, I, I shut down. Yeah. Uh, most people, did. I didn't know what to do. Like I, I'd never been faced with this scenario before. I didn't know in my, in my mindset was like, okay, well, everything is shut down. What am I supposed to do? Um, and so. I shut down. I was just like, I, I went into basically like a preservation mode where it was just yeah. like, look, we're going to just keep cutting staff to keep the business alive. I always said, I would tell my staff, we'd have a meeting every, every morning during COVID. And I would say, we're on a boat and we need to get to land. And the problem is we don't know if land is a hundred yards away or 10 years away. Right. But at the end of the day, I can keep this boat floating because if the boat's floating, the business is alive. Mm-hmm. If we sink the boat before we get to land, then, you know, we all die. There's no more 50 West. It's, it's just gone. Um, and so I would tell our staff, like, look, if, if I have to let you go and, you know, throw you off the boat, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that you did anything wrong. It's just that we, I don't know how far away land is. And my hope is, is that I'm going to get that boat to land one way or another. And if I threw you off, just start swimming for land. Cause I'll, sure. I'll you can come back on. Um, so I did that for a little bit and then I literally had, I think I had a nervous breakdown to be like, I was, I was looking at this. Going through a lot. Yeah, no, I, 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 it was a, um middle of the night I stopped sleeping completely um and it just it was like it was bad and I had there was a point in my in my night where I just started I would write every night yeah um and I sent like almost a cry for help out to my friends It it was over like a really small thing but um it was essentially like I couldn't figure out if if I tried to open my business or I tried to do something like, was I killing someone because I was exposing them to the virus or was I trying to keep my people employed? Right. And I couldn't, it was like this like very challenging thing of like, what am I doing here? Like if I force my people to come into work and we do these things, but then it kills their dad. Like it was just a, it was a big thing I for me. The same. Yeah. Right. And, and so, uh, so eventually I just had a, like a, like I had this break and I sent this out to my buddies and they were all just like, Bobby, you gotta, you gotta go to sleep. You gotta, this is not your, you did not create this. You did not cause this. You just gotta be okay. And so, um, we walked, we went into work and I was going to have to let my, uh, I have four kind of key restaurant employees that were my managers at the time. And they were the only ones that hadn't been laid off in that capacity. And all we were doing was we were cleaning every day and I was gonna have to let them go financially. And I just made this decision. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not letting them go. So I told him, I was like, in order for us to, to figure this out, we got to, we have to, we're going to open up this bootleg to go business yeah. and hope people will show up for it. Hope we were in the midst of opening up a new, a new element of our campus. And, um, and so we just, I, I went in, I, I pulled our whole staff and I said, you guys, we can work, we're going to work seven days a week and we're going to open this and, you know. I can't promise you that it's going to work, but I would rather go for this and find out that we weren't able to accomplish it and and tell and let these people go, sure. um, than just let them go and not try. And so we just started trying, and we worked and we worked and we worked, and when we finally opened it up, the people just like flocked. Like community needed it. Too. You this is in Cincinnati. You no, could no. you couldn't you would not believe the support of people showing up. Yeah. Um. And so we ended up. Uh, that Friday, we like just, it's like one of the hardest days I've ever worked in the restaurant business. It was, it was totally packed and we're just like, we're slammed to the gills and we get to the end of the night and our staff was like, you know, everybody's just exhausted. And I I had to tell them like, guys, it's Friday. Like this was the AFC championship game. You know, uh, we can sit here and celebrate ourselves and and say we've done good. I'm like, but tomorrow's the Super Bowl. We're going to get our, excuse my language, we're going to get our butts kicked if we, if we sit here and do that. And so, uh, we ended up, uh, 
we ended up, my staff, like everybody just sort of like pulls it together and we go into Saturday. And from the moment we opened to the moment we closed, it was nonstop, just tickets coming in like you wouldn't believe. Wow. And I think I, at this point I was wearing one of those face shields. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah. It was, bef- it was before they were deemed like not appropriate to yeah. wear. So I'm working on the line. I'm in one of those face shields and I just keep, I keep, I'm like tearing up and my face shield keeps fogging up because I can't believe what's happening. I went from like, my life is over, honey, we're selling the house, everything's done to all of a sudden, like we're having the greatest success we've ever seen. And I'm doing it with all these people that, that, um, that it it was just like everybody took a leap of faith and there was no reason for them. They could have all just said, Hey, I'm done. done." And they didn't. And, and I, that I'll never, I'll never forget that. And so long story short, when we ended up printing the ticket on the end of that Saturday night, the, the dollar amount we needed to do for the week we had done in that one single day. So my, at the end of the night, my dad was, he was there and, uh, he, he's like, well, what can I do? And because we're all just watching this thing happen. We can't believe it. I said, go to the store. I said, just fill the grocery cart with champagne. I said, yeah. go buy as much champagne. And so, uh, he showed up and, and we, we finished that shift and I pulled our whole staff in and I just said, look, guys, I said, I told you yesterday was AFC championship game. You know, we had to work hard. I go, Today was Super Bowl. I go, when you win the Super Bowl, you celebrate. Yeah. And we busted champagne out. We poured it all over each other. It, it was magical. There's a picture on your website. It, it, yeah, it's, it's careers, I think. Yeah, it, there's a picture of our team that did yeah. that. Um, and it was uh, it was incredible. And so... Uh, it was, because when you shared that story with us... Yeah. Because, you know, you had the same thoughts. Like, oh my God, I'm opening up a restaurant in middle COVID. I'm constructing, or we are constructing this restaurant in Chilgadi. Uh, that was some good news for us, and we needed it at that time. Yeah, we were like, "What are we gonna do? How's this gonna work?" Way? Like, uh, I couldn't sleep at night. Like, uh, we're we're building this thing when no one can open. Yes, how's it gonna work? It, you know, we need I, you to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, and I think that's one of the things. Um, it it really it 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 showed me when I look back on COVID in my life. I think that you that you know if you're willing to do it and you're and, and you just you don't give up yeah. and you push and you figure figure it out like it may not ha- it doesn't happen right away but if you're willing to make it happen and you have the people that are dedicated like you can you can figure out just about anything. It's true. Uh, and I think that's it's it's one of those things in life you always hear it and it's it, and it's cliche but like that's what COVID taught me. Like we literally went from you know one of the best with my wife, you know, getting back to family. I keep talking about family. It's an important, important thing to me. You know, it also showed me with my wife, like, yeah, I've had a pretty good record in my life of, of what I've done and whatnot. But that was the first time I looked at my wife and was like, hey, like, this whole thing might be over. Like, yeah. we're, we're talking about kids pulling them out of the school district yeah. that we love, moving into another spot that we're not familiar with, you know, our lifestyle that we, we live completely flipped upside down. Um, and she was just like, Let's go. Like I'm, I'm good. Whatever, whatever we got to do, we got to yeah. do. And 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 when I saw that in her, that was just like, it, it was for our marriage and our relationship. Like my relationship with my wife is better than it's ever been because sure. she also was. It's fun for me to tell the story of working seven days a week and doing stuff. But there was she, my wife works full time job and she was working a full time job and taking care of three kids and balancing all this other stuff in the middle of it. And like her story isn't as sexy as getting to pop champagne bottles right. and do that stuff. But what she sacrificed to help make make that happen for us was like it was just incredible. So yeah. I think with COVID, um, it, it honestly was probably the best year of my life. And I think the the part that I almost get um, like it's almost funny looking back on it with how the government has come in and helped everybody in all these different yeah. ways. It almost is like to me, it almost is a little bit <laughs> discouraging because it's like. We figured it out. Like we we were we were faced with all yeah. stuff and we figured it out. And and then it's like now the government comes around and, and it's sort of then like, well, we were gonna take care of you anyways. And it was like, well, if you would have told me that, yeah. but it's almost good that that happened because if if I would have known all the things the government would have done, I would probably just sat back and been like, okay, well, I'll just wait for the government to help me. And I think that that was that was one of those things that I don't ever want to be at the mercy of. Um, I think that 
that knowing that your life is in your own control and you need to figure figure that out for yourself. That's the lesson that I took away with it. Absolutely. Like, you, you know, it, it's nice now that all these things have come come down from the government and whatnot. Uh, but I think that like, it was this awesome lesson. It was great at the time. I remember being, I remember, I remember sitting at home one night and just wishing that the government would just, one of the things that made me so frustrated was that they didn't shut us down from to-go business. I was like, please just shut everything down so I can at least have that excuse. Yeah. Uh, but because they didn't shut that element down, it left that lingering thought of like, well, I could try at this. In my head, I was like, it's not going to work. But then finally, when I just quit feeling sorry for myself and went and did it, it, like we figured it out, right? Yeah, you fought like hell. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's the COVID story. I agree story. with you on the, the COVID uh, with your wife and your family. I, I think COVID uh, either made you guys closer or it separated people. So on my end, it made us closer. And thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, and, and having that time with our kids. and uh, Because now we're, we're back a year later and life is insane again. We're softball. Everything's starting to come back. Everything's back. back. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I really missed that time of, wow, we didn't have that. Yeah. It's, Connection. It, it's just, it's such a big, um, I bet you, these things only happen, you know, maybe we have another one of these in our life. Not, not a pandemic, but I'm saying just like for us to live a life where we were faced with a major like world flipper. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Right. Well, at the time. Not, it like, it, yeah. But, but like, it's, it's, that's life. Like, like you're going to be faced with challenges. Like we got COVID as a challenge. The challenge, it could be different. Like it could be, uh, you know, people face this all the time with, with their careers, with whatever, you know, things happen, like major shifts happen. The fact that we all were forced to take a major shift. Um, it was, uh, it it was neat. Like one of example being, I remember sitting there, um, with Scott. So Scott LaFollette oversees all our brewing operations. He went through, he started a brewery and kind of, kind of started at the like laws changed at the last minute that essentially made his business model like not the right way to go um and he had to go through the closure of a a business right and that's like covid right like going through the closure of a business or having one of those things is like that's like i remember sitting there with scott being like dude i envy you that you have you're able to wake up in the morning and, and, and function given what, what's just happened, you know, Dude. going through a closed business. I'm like, I'm sitting here dealing with this COVID thing and I'm ready to cry every single day. And he yeah. remember him telling me like, look, man, you know, I've been through it or whatnot. And so I think, I think COVID was like, Hey, the whole world has to face that at one time. Yeah. Uh, but there'll be challenges in everyone's life. Uh, and I think that, you know, the fortunate side of it, I think the challenge that, that the, the hardest challenge I ever had to face, well, the whole world was going through it at the same time. Yeah. Uh, which I almost think is like a blessing in some way for me. It's like, hey, and, and I, I, now I know when I do face that time in my life because it, it will happen. There will be another challenge in life. Um, but it's like, hey, I, I got to do this. And Well, you're having another challenge right now. I'm sure employees are a challenge, I'm assuming. Yeah, so so just driving. I mean, it's almost um, – I think with with – so I think it's going to take a second for the world to just get back in, right? right? Like we're going to be in this weird spot. We're dealing with construction costs through the roof, yeah. crazy, right? Um, staffing things coming down the pipeline. Um, and I think it's just like, it's gonna take a second. It's like a, we're on a boat and the boat just did this and it's yeah. gotta do this and then it's gonna mellow out. And we're on a podcast, so you don't know what this and this is, but it, imagine a teeter-totter. Um, so yeah, I, I think that you know there's going to be, we dealt with a beef crisis in the middle of this thing that we yeah. were able to navigate. At the end of the day, I think it's, it, it's just like, look, um, you know, it's tough to get supplies. It's, it's, it's gonna be, Staffing is going to be something we're going to look at right now. Right now, knock on wood, things are pretty good for us. Yeah. Um, I think that culturally, you know, that's where, that's where it really ties into your culture for your business. And yeah. it, it, you your know, brand. yeah, I, I think you just when I look back at, at one of, one of the things I appreciate the most, like all those people that came and helped us through COVID, all of my staff, all of our employees, they could have just a lot of them I had to call and ha- ask them to come back. They could have just said no, right? Right? Like, no, I'm going to sit at home and collect unemployment. And they, they wanted to be a part of something. And I think that's that's what gets back to purpose. It's like when we went through the interview process here in Chillicothe, when we talked to people coming through here, it was like, hey, we have a purpose here. We want to make it, you know, we want to make an impact in this downtown. You know, the more businesses that we can help open inside of this space, the better it is for the community. The better that is. And like, if you want to be a part of that, that's that's what we stand for. That's why we're here. Um, and so I think that you know it's been fun um, to to watch our employees. You know they appreciate that and they like that, and that's that's sort of the um, you know there's a mission there. There's a, yeah. there's statement. There. I think from my standpoint, 
where I need help is just learning to navigate Chillicothe, right? Yeah. Like I'm from Cincinnati. I understand it. Um, you know, I love Zach Taylor, who, who's our general manager there. You know, he's from this area. He gets it. He knows it. He, you know, he always says, he's like, this was my dream. Like the, what, what you guys, what we're doing here, you know, that's what I wanted. I want to make an impact in my hometown and make all these things happen. And so um, learning how to navigate that uh, is, is sort of, that's going to be our challenge over the next year is how do we continue to help the community um, and do, and do positive things that can make an impact. Yeah. Cause you're, uh, you have more, mm, your place in Cincinnati is bigger, so it has volleyball and different different structure, right? right? Like, yeah, we have a, um, we've got an out. We have there's things that we can do there that we can't do here, sure. and vice versa. There's some things we can do here that we can't do over there, and so that's over this next year. We kind of have to figure those things out. But I think you'll have some uh, things in the summer, probably planning on maybe on the patio area. Yeah, well, so like tables, we order tables like forever ago yeah. that we're waiting on for that outside outside space. Probably. I don't know if that's COVID or that's a shipping. I don't know what it is, but there's just a few things along those lines. Um, but yeah, in learning to program that space and also we're right on the brink of um, a technology, like there's going to be some major shifts. Uh, my prediction is there's some major shifts happening in the service world in the next five years. And I think we're like this close technology wise to having some pretty cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So I would say in the next Within the next three weeks, you will be able to order from your phone at your table anywhere you are inside of our space and stuff will come to you. That's so great. That's huge. That's huge. I'm, I've been I'm, telling you this forever. I know. I know. I know. I'm just like, pay. I really, I really want to bring to my table. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so, but with that, um, so the, the technology exists right now. The key is, is like, where is that technology? And we want to make sure that that interface for the customer is a, is a solid interface. And it will be probably from your phone? Yes, no, it exists. So the way that it works right now, yeah, you'll just have, literally, you'll go to your phone, there'll be a QR code on your on your phone, you'll scan it, you'll order whatever you want, beer, food, whatever. I like that. Okay, and then it comes to you. Yeah. Okay, you don't you don't have to get up, you don't have to walk yeah, downstairs, yeah. you don't have to do any of that stuff. You can talk and, and, and do it real quick. And so, and then, but it, it's the real quick and the simplicity is what we're looking for right now. So we're looking at when we roll it out, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, at, from a customer standpoint, that is as, um, as user-friendly as possible, because if you deal with a lot of frustration from it, and, and some of this is outside of our control, we're not app developers. No. So we're at the mercy of technology, right? And so, but it is, it is right there. Um, and so we should, we should be rolling that out. I want to say, in the next two weeks. Um, the other thing is, is we're going to be rolling that out only in Chillicothe. Uh, and then, and we're looking at it for Cincinnati. So it's just trying to figure out, um, we're trying to figure out that thing. We dealt with this, but we learned a lot with technology, with COVID, um, with online ordering and to go. I mean, we, you saw this. We, I was like, hey, we got to get a little window. Like yeah, we need, we yeah. need a little window. And I called it the COVID. Yeah. And, and, and um, there's a lot of things like that. Uh, something we're seeing in Chillicothe. So, uh, we're looking at potentially going into DoorDash. We don't do that right now, um, but that will likely be getting rolled out here pretty soon. Uh, because from what I understand, within this market, DoorDash is like a big thing. Yeah, it's like a it, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty bad. Which is also weird. Like you guys don't have Uber yet, but you have DoorDash. I know that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we would have Uber. You'll get it. It'll be it'll be here soon. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so it's just it's just learning to navigate itself. And there was one thing I remember you saying about Chillicothe. What's different is everyone uses debit. Cards. Oh God, God! So one of the coolest things about being here, um, I love the culture. Like yeah. I love it. And there's things that you just don't you don't get, like when you actually when you're sitting there and you're interfacing with the customers. There's a different. It's a different way of life in, in, in very weird, small ways. And they're, and they're great and they're endearing and it, it, it's awesome. And one of the weird ones is it's debit cards. Everybody here uses a debit card. Okay, so like in Cincinnati, I would say probably 90% of our transactions are credit cards. Sure. Okay, it is like a unicorn to get a credit card here. Mm -hmm. Everything is a debit card. And I don't think that is a, a rich, poor scenario. I think it is, it's a view on how you live your life. Absolutely. You know, when, when I live in a larger city. Now it's not Chicago. And I, what I always love about Chillicothe is I went to Chicago because Cincinnati didn't have what I wanted. And then I took that to Cincinnati. I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to bring this to my community. 
And I think coming to Chillicothe, it's kind of the same scenario where it's like, look, you're just, you know, Cincinnati has some things to offer that Chillicothe doesn't, but but you're going to get those things. And being able to provide that for that community is just such a neat thing. So with the debit card thing, I think it's a, in Cincinnati, it might be a little bit more showy. Like you want to show the things you have more before you earned them. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just want to, you know what? We're going to pay for it. We don't want to have. You got it. It's it's a different. credit. You got it. Because the tips and stuff like that. I would almost say people here tip more than they do in Cincinnati. Yeah. And and the other thing is is they'll they'll use their debit card and they they tip cash a lot. Yeah. And I think that's almost a, a um a statement of like taking care of your own type of scenario where you're like saying hey we're gonna take care of they understand how that how that where that money goes and how it works. Um, yeah, so I never use credit cards for. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, all all service staff will appreciate that. Yeah. They well, plus it, it helps you. It helps us out because we don't pay the credit card fees. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it just, that's just like one of those little things you would have never uh, I, never ever thought of. Like never in a million years. But I remember being like debit card debit. Like all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, we these are all debit cards. Like this is just a different thing. Um, it's a little little thing we have differently. Oh yeah. So that's been uh that's been fun and 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 you know, we're happy. We're 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 loving what's happening here. I think what we're looking at over the next year is like how do we how do we make the adjustments that this community wants and this community needs to get us to exactly where we want? Cuz the other hard part was with COVID, it's like, hey, we had to have spacing regulations and you couldn't have people standing and you couldn't have And so it's going to be fun to have those things lifted and then see how our space is able to operate without the like, Hey, you have to go to your table and you have to wear your mask here and take this off on and off. So, um, I mean, you were, you, you opened at the probably worst possible time you opened in what December? Technically. I always I look at January. I, I, we started running tests in December. Okay. Um, and, and then, yeah, we, 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 our first day of business, I, I always look at it. I think it was like January 2nd, but we, we were, we were operating through and December. In the higher COVID. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think it's it, it it's going to be you know over the next year it's really like hey how wh- what what shifts you know and here's the other thing we're going to do things well and we're going to do things poorly we're going to do both of those and the key is really with customers is like just making sure that that at the end of the day if we do something poorly that we're able to communicate that quickly back to the customer and show them that you know we're sorry about it and we're going to make it up sure um, and when we do things well make sure that you know we continue to build on it and, and, and go from there so. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what, that's what I think 2022, the rest of this year. Um, I really think like June 2nd, when I heard that news yesterday, it was like, oh wow. Like, I know it's just a lifting of the mask, but it almost feels like, Hey, this is kind of like, we're, we're kind of going to be done with COVID. Yeah. Right. Now, have you opened up your spot? Never, never opened the indoor but I, you have to now. Okay, so I, I was driving out here this morning. Um, I, I'm going to have a meeting with my staff here and, and, uh, and, yeah, we have to have that conversation because I think one of the things that's going to come up are people asking. Um, there might be some thought within the restaurant world of like, hey, we're going to keep the mask mandate in place. I, I'm going to talk to our team about how they feel sure, uh, because I want to make sure that everybody understands and, and feels comfortable with what we're doing. So while part of me today is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We're, we're going to go back. I do have to talk to my staff about it because yeah. if they come in and say, "Hey, we're not comfortable with this," um, you gotta do it. We're gonna have we're gonna have an honest conversation yeah. about that. Uh, but yeah, assuming that everybody there is is good to go, we'll be able to open up the inside of Cincinnati. And and there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of new things that that I just think the 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 no longer being required to wear a mask um, it changes things dramatically. Mm-hmm. So it does. Maybe I think it's you're gonna get busier. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think just from a um, it just makes everybody's life. You got to remember working in the service industry. It's one thing as a, as a customer and individual, when you're walking around living your life, wearing your mask where you're supposed to living in a world where you're being ridiculed for not wearing your mask or wearing it the wrong way. It's an extra level of just frustration almost. Right. And, and so I think that um, there's going to be that uh, level of, you know, that's going to be, people are going to appreciate that they, you know, will now be able to have the choice if they want to or wear a mask or not wear a mask. Um, so I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about large events and stadiums. I'm very excited to go I back to that. concerts. And- yes. Just, uh, I think that that's going to be, um, we haven't been able to do that in a long time. No. And I think that that's going to be a fun thing, you know, being able to, to get back in large groups and crowds, um, will, will be, you know, high school football, right? Yeah. Like that's, and that can be that's nice huge. to, yeah, be able to just, 
go to a high school football yeah. game. Jesus, you know, it, it, it just means it, 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 it's about it's an opportunity for the communities to come together and, right. and, and do their things that we've always done that we couldn't do for the last year. Well, and, and until God, will, I, I think we're going to have first Thursdays and have that downtown and yep. some other things that build off of that. And, it, yeah. it, it just opens up a lot. It, it brings us back to sense of normalcy. And and we're not we're going to have some challenges ahead. Yeah. I, I think the, the whole yeah. staffing thing going on is going to be weird. I think that there's. Um, we may be dealing with inflation issues down the road. Oh, yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, you know, scary things in the world. But at the end of the day, happiness is a choice, and it's your decision um, whether you want to be happy or not be happy. And you can be afraid of all the things going on, or you can just say, hey, look, I'm going to figure this out. We're going to figure out how to navigate and make the best of it. Right. So I think that you know that's that's what I'm I'm looking forward to is I think that you know we're we're getting back to that world that we you know lived in before absolutely COVID. So. Well, Bobby, thank you for uh, joining me and uh, thank you for investing in Chilcotti. Yeah, thank you for all the things that you, I mean, I don't know the what, Migos, uh, what you guys have done. Uh, it's so much. I mean, it, it like, I think that's one of the things that, that gets under, almost swept under the rug when we look at us being here is, you know, like what you, Nate and Bart and your wives and everything oh, yeah. did uh, it is, I mean, you guys, you're dedicated to this community and that's Absolutely. why we're in that building we're in. It was, it, it, it had less to do with the building and the location than I think it had to do with you guys and your commitment. And you've seen it with what you did, not only the coffee shop and what you guys want to continue to do. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. And I think, uh, hopefully the community understands that. I, I think that they do. Um, but if they don't like, you know, thank you for that. It's, it's, Thanks. Yeah, that helped us get here, and, and I think that you, all the success you're seeing with the downtown, um, you guys have played a major role in that, and have been major investors in not just financial, but also like your, you know, your time, your energy, all the things that you put into it. Yeah, it's been been a crazy. Uh, yeah, we we started in what, gosh 2016 and had has had a project every year. Uh, so and, you're going on. So that's so six years. Yeah, five years. Five years. So we're. Uh, we're taking a break this year. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, and then we'll we'll probably uh, revisit the upstairs. But uh, that reminds me, I need to put them on a podcast. I'll, I'll yes, talk about our. You should do that. Our trials and tribulations of how crazy oh. our thought uh, to start this in Mexico. And that's why we call the three amigos. Yeah, uh, that that would be a, that. Yes, yeah. Put them on your list. Yeah. Well, thanks again, um, and uh, I look forward to uh, many times at, at 50 West, and, and looking forward to this summer to see the outside and your sign whenever it, it comes. <laughs> I, it should be like literally uh, it, like I'm thinking it could be here next week or the week after, but I've been thinking that for like ten weeks. I know, and that's and, and for the public, that's why he had his van out there. There is no sign. Uh, he needed a, something to. We need cool. signage. Well, it's, it's in a good spot right now. We got it in the back. Yeah, and, I like. Yeah. Uh, so, what's that? Thing called? Uh, what's that? The band. You have a name for it. Oh, Eleanor Rigby. L L we, yeah, we always named him after yeah. Beatles songs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you. Bye.